Hello, I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, the funny football show. When countries only get fined, what I'd probably spend on a night out in London, then uh, <laughs> what do you expect? So... It's finally happened. Most of the footballing community thought it never would happen. Some of the footballing world hoped it would never happen. It felt like an unachievable goal, a pipe dream. But that dream has turned into reality. And Spurs have moved into their new stadium. And after what I make as approximately 3,526 days without a proper home, there was absolutely no way that the club or the fans were going to let this little house move go unnoticed. The opening ceremony was bloody spectacular. Dancers, fireworks, light shows, and most impressively of all, beer taps that fill the glass up from the bottom of the cup. I know, it's almost worth being a Spurs fan for. And at £4.50 a pint, one of the cheapest places to drink in London, I reckon. As I say, almost worth being a Spurs fan. One of the pre-match highlights was an operatic performance from the Spurs fan, Wynne Evans, who is otherwise known as that knob with the twirly tash from the Go Compare adverts. Is this a sign of a new commercial partnership between Spurs and the insurance company? Does this mean that Tottenham fans will now be able to use a special comparison site to work out which other team they could support that might cost them a bit less and make them a bit happier? Because the answer is most of them. No comparison site needed. The choice of song from Wynn was interesting too. For a man who is seen as a representative of an insurance company, you'd think that credibility and honesty would be really important. So I'm not sure that claiming Spurs are the greatest team the world has ever seen is going to do you any good in either of those areas. As I say, it was quite a show. It was flashy and it was very loud, as the presenters of BBC Five Live found out when they tried to battle with the impressive sound system that would be more at home in a Balearic Islands nightclub. It's crucial, the stars of today, who are just making their way out down below, make an immediate mark to secure a top four finish. After 689 days, the fans have streamed towards the Seven Sisters Tube. That's hardly fair, is it? I mean, they're only there trying to do their job. I mean, you'd have to battle with noise like that at Manchester City's home games. In fact, you'd have to battle with any noise at all. Ever. Speaking of just doing their job, it's that Twitter account I really feel sorry for. The one that always asks the question, is our new stadium ready yet? To which the answer was always, inevitably, no. I mean, what are they going to do now? Maybe they could change to something else Spurs-related with a similar theme. They could go for, have Spurs won a trophy yet? Or maybe, has Daniel Levy actually spent any money on new players yet? Should be plenty of life in those two. It was, of course, manna from heaven from the tabloid press, who were all very keen to mention that Spurs' new ground cost a whopping £1 billion. Which is a weird number to use. Weird, because the estimated cost of the stadium is 850 million and even with builders tendencies to round up a bit i think adding an extra 150 million quid to the invoice isn't going to go unnoticed yeah mr levy so that's 250 pound for the tiling 40 quid for the new plug 50 for that lampshade so if we round it up a little from 340 adding vat and stuff mm, let's call it 
one billion dollars. <laughs> Winning the battle of the tabloid ridiculousness, however, was David Kidd in The Sun, who watched the spectacular ceremony and concluded that... If they rebranded the team Disney Hotspur with an animated mouse replacing Harry Kane at centre-forward, then it wouldn't have seemed out of place. You sure, mate? Wouldn't have seemed out of place? A big, wacky character with a squeaky voice and massive ears playing up front for Spurs? Guess it would be just like having Gary Lineker back. Far too important now for juvenile back references, so leave it, yeah? Anyway, I can't believe that so early in their new stadium, Spurs are already happy to piss all over their club's traditions. And I think it's disgusting. Disgusting that they should actually win a significant game with any real meaning by beating Palace in the opening game. Come on! It's not the kind of Spurs we know and love. Also, does anyone know what they're actually going to call this ground? Is it White Hart Lane 2? Is it New White Hart Lane? Is it White Hart Lane The Revenge? Mm-hmm. The last one is probably only going to be appropriate when Cardiff City come to town because their manager at the moment, Neil Warnock, seems to think that it's revenge that's behind his team's recent defeats, particularly the one last week to Chelsea. Check out Neil chatting on Talk Sport this week. You almost begin to feel, is it, you know, is it, is it me? You know, is it payback time? All the years I've shouted at fourth officials, Max. Have they all got together now? Have they all got together now and said, hey, let's get him out of this place? Come on, Neil. It's not the godfather. The men in the middle might well dress in black, but that's really the only similarity I can see. Upset him and you're not going to end up with a fourth official's head on your pillow. And if that was the case, that little standoff you had with the officials the other day would have ended up with you wearing a pair of concrete football boots, which, judging by Cardiff's league position, could actually be what a few of your players are wearing this season. Pace. No. Agility. Probably not. Protection. Yeah, for a price. Adidas Concrete. Watch your step. Now, the idea of a vendetta against Warnock is crazy talk. Or it would be if it wasn't for one man. Because I would put nothing past wannabe celebrity bastard Mike Dean, who showed his 100th Premier League red card this week in Manchester United's defeat to Wolves. It's no shock that Dean has reached a century of red cards. The first ref ever to do so. But it has been a long time coming. It was a shock, however, that he didn't lift up his top to reveal a special undershirt with 100 not out printed on it to celebrate. He is a man, undoubtedly, who likes attention. So much so that I expected him to do a great big post-match interview with Sky Sports after this particular achievement. Mike, tell us about the 100th card. Yeah, well, it's a massive milestone, isn't it? If I'm honest, I didn't even know it was the 100th, but Smithsy told me afterwards and uh, obviously I'm thrilled. It was just, uh, it just came to me. I saw the foul and it was just instinct. Boom! Red card and I asked Ashley to sign the card after. He told me to fuck off. (laughs) Great banter. Here's a good stat for you. So Ashley Young was Dean's 100th red card. His first was given to Nobby Solano back in the year 2000 for a handball, which I'm pretty sure was the same year that Spurs were supposed to move into their brand new stadium. So in honour of Nobby Solano, Ashley and every other victim to Dean's little black book... I present to you, on the left side's tribute to Mike Dean's century. For Steve Brown, then Damian Lewis, then Danny Tiato, Bobby Yara Staunton, Svensson Solano, Steve Lomas, Mark Fish, Taylor and Diop, and Nicola Mug, Taylor Canute, Duncan Ferguson, Jason Roberts, Nigel Quasi, Will 
William Galas, Craig Dawson, Hooray Dawson, Kevin Davis, Kevin Nolan. And now we're on to Sam, Sodji, Ben, Thatcher, Martin Taylor, Chris, Samberly, McCullough, Glassif, Sis, and Raga Helderson. Kaima Logo and John Nobi, McElwinston, Palacios, and Ibrahim Songko Day, Million Johnson and Andy Feigelson, Fernandez and Bernetta Sokoto. Sebasong and Amanyan Lubuay and Barry Ferguson, Diera and Michael Balak Lee Catamolan, Andy Wilkinson, Faye and Dean One-Headed, Damien the Silver Scotty Parker, Joey Barton and the Vincent Company Michelle Vaughan and Sessignon and Jackie Wilshire, Chico Flores Lee Ruffer and McGregor and Richardson and Glen Murray Lewis Dunk, 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 Lewis Dunk. He only just got sent off once though Pablo Zabletta, Morso, Sissoko and Santi Colosar and Jamma, Gabriel, Paul Lester, Ryan, Sucross and Solomon, Rondon and Gareth, McCauley and Tibbles, Courtois one matter, James McLean and Odin Arabat and Yadmin Yamazai Stephen Pinar and Nathan Redmond from Gully and Winston Reed Raheem Sterling, Makayolo, Mark Albrighton, Jamie Vardy Matic, Rouse, Yedlin, Ted Lynn, Delph Schneider and Rob Brady and Torres, he got sent off twice And then there's two for Corchelli And two for little Ashley Young And two for Williamson And two for Richard Dunn Let's hope he doesn't get to 200 Thank you very much for listening to On The Left Side. It's been a pleasure, as always. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please make sure you do. Click the subscribe button however you listen to your podcasts. We'll get the next episode with you as soon as it is ready. And follow us on Twitter, at On The Left Side. You can follow Ant as well. He does the twiddly bits on this show, at Antman Loves You. You can follow me, at Mr. Underscore Jim Bob. And I'll see you on the flip side of the left side. Hey, that should be our new catchphrase. Let me write that down. See you later. On the left side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. Will you please turn that goddamn thing down? In Manchester United's defeat to Wolves. Ah. Ah. Uh, that's what happens when your little pillow fort falls on your head when you're in the middle of recording. Let's pull that back up. Okay.